Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in to today's episode of Priority Status. Our guest today is Paul Schlater. Paul is the co-founder of Birch Coffee. With 10 locations around New York City, Birch Coffee is one of our premier specialty coffee shops. In today's discussion, we learn all about coffees from around the world, how you become an expert-level coffee sommelier, so to speak, and the future of Birch Coffee and how the brand even got started. I hope you enjoy this. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Amy. And, uh, and thanks you to, uh, to Priority Status for, for hosting us today. Yeah, uh, really yeah. Nice. We've been really excited to have you. Um, so I'd love for you to start by just giving our listeners a little bit of background. You follow um, a, a model that we talked before we started recording that I love so much, which mm-hmm. is you went straight into business. Mm-hmm. You, you always knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur and a mm-hmm. businessman. So tell our, tell our listeners just a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. When I was... Or maybe it's not interesting. Interesting for maybe our conversation. Um, when I was when I was 16 years old, uh, my father, well, I, I had I had asked my father if he would be so kind as to take out a, an additional mortgage on his house so that I could open a, a video game store. And my father politely declined, uh, citing that I didn't quite know what I was talking about at that time. Uh, and I appreciate his 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 honesty and his candor with me. Regarding that, uh, but there was there was a sense that I wanted to do something uh, on my own. There, I don't know the the, the best words for, it, but I, I wanted to to create something uh, of my own and 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 for others. So it really didn't matter in what capacity that was, but that I wanted to create. And um, in two, so that so that was just that was always that was always there. Um, Fast forward, you know, through through high school, moving to New York. Um, I actually, I actually did come out to to New York to go to a, a performing arts conservatory, and very quickly learned that I had no interest whatsoever in auditioning. Um, unlike some of my uh, my friends, like uh, my, one of my dear friends Ben here, he uh, who's you know works in in film and all that. I just the the grind of that had had no interest. I had no interest in doing that. So um, after a couple of auditions, I was like, "Yep, nope, no interest in this. Want to uh, want to fully jump into figuring out how I can how I can create and and, and build a business." Um, I spent a lot of time working in. I mean, I've worked in in food service. My I mean, really, my entire life. My first job was in food service. I worked as as a, a busboy back in. Um, in uh, Chenhassen, Minnesota, where I where I grew up, and you know, it was always impressed upon us to 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 work hard and to in whatever role we had to to put our best foot forward. And so, when it came to to food service, it was it was a pretty easy extension for me because I, I very much enjoyed uh, interacting with people. Um, I I feel like in pretty easily have a conversation. We'll see how this goes. Um, but it's something that just came kind of natural to me. So being, being of service and, and, and working with people just kind of came natural to me. So food service as, as a whole was uh, a pretty easy in. So, you know, I worked in restaurants back home in Minnesota when I moved out to New York. I uh, did the same here and just through how the universe works um, and, you know, mutual friends. I ended up meeting um, my business partner, uh, Jeremy Lyman, back in 2000. And, mm. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, is, it, is it really 2000, 2003 or four? 
Well, f- fifteen, almost fifteen years it's ago. A long time. That's was, a while. Yeah, it was a while yeah. ago. We, it was a while yeah. ago we met. We and we were and we were friends, you know, for a while before. How did um, you guys meet? Just through mutual friends. Okay, just yeah, yeah as you know, how Friend people, group how people, yeah, introductions. Yeah. Okay, and so we, uh, you know, we had this kind of, you know, friendship that we were building, and and he told me after. This one time we were hanging out, he said, yeah, I'm thinking about opening a coffee shop. And, you know, I was working in restaurants and I thought, well, that sounds like something interesting and fun. I said, do you need a hand with that? He's like, nah, I'm, <laughs> good. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of dropped it. I didn't really, you know, think, really think any, anything of it at the time. And then, um, you know, uh, maybe a year and change or something went by. I, I, the, the timeline escapes me a, a little bit, but at some point, uh, he again said, you know, he was working on a coffee shop and I said, well, do you need, are you needing assistance with that? And he's like, actually, no, I, I just need, if you want to like look up this refrigeration equipment and you know, this other stuff, he's like, this equipment, if you could do this, then that'd be awesome. It'd be helpful. I said, oh, okay, cool. And so after that conversation, I told my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, who's not, who's now my, my wife of, of nearly 10 years. I said, I said, Kara, I said, I'm going to, I'm going into business with Jeremy. And she said, what, what are you, what are you doing? Wait, but he hadn't asked you to go into business. No, no, yet. no. You just knew. That was, I was sure. You were just sure this was yeah, going to happen. This is going to happen. And so I said, I don't even know if we've talked about it, that I, that I, <laughs> that I thought about it in this capacity, but that's what I did. I told Kara, I was like, I'm, I'm going into business with Jeremy. And she's like, that's okay. Great. Good luck. And, and that was kind of it. And Jeremy and I started working much more closely at that point. I will say that when it came to the looking at refrigeration and other equipment stuff, I did not do that well. So that, that, that exercise went pretty poorly. Uh, however, there have been many successes from that point Good forward. Good to know. But that, that, that particular exercise did not go uh, as according to plan. So uh, that was in, I don't remember, but then in 2007, we went to a, a coffee conference in uh, Washington, D.C., and that was the first time that I had my first interaction really with specialty coffee, and that that was it. I, I, I don't want to be overly dramatic and say it was like a white light experience. It was a bit of a white light experience. I had a, a coffee, I had a, um, an Ethiopian Amaro guy, it's an estate in, in Ethiopia, and I was served. It was served to me on a, a clover machine, which don't they don't exist outside of Starbucks anymore. Okay. Um, and it was at it was it was at this this event, and I think the roaster was Pronto, which is now a Ceremony Coffee. In um, they're in uh, Maryland, Baltimore, and, and that whole area. Anyways, I I had this coffee. And I could not believe that I was drinking coffee because there was flavors that I had never experienced in coffee before. And I thought, if this is, if this is specialty coffee, I want to be a part of this. And I want to create and make this for people because this is very special to me. I, I, I love this. And um, then I learned out about how much of a clover machine was. I was like, well, maybe, maybe not <laughs> this, but something like this. Close. Uh, yeah, it was. Okay. It was a really interesting time back back then, when, yeah. when especially it was really starting to come into the forefront. It, it didn't. I mean, out here in New York, you had, um, you know, you had uh, Joe and Grumpy and Ninth mm-hmm. Street, and you know, there were some players that were that were in it that were doing a, a really really good job. Um, the ones that I named uh, particularly. 
and that was and that was kind of it. And right? how did you guys like? Did you bootstrap this? Did you have investors? You know, how did you fund? I mean, this? we can say that we had investors, but it was friends and family that okay. were the investors. I mean, we we very much bootstrapped the whole thing. I mean, okay. the the entire operation to start. Um, well, so we got our we we got our our first lease came through just some you know some very. You know, I don't want to say divine intervention. I guess that's what it was. So we had some some a string of, of good fortune that someone got a, a hold of our business plan, wanted to have a coffee shop in the hotel of their in the lobby of their hotel. We Brilliant. kind of spoke about. And what location was that? Uh, that was in the that was our first location. It's on it was on twenty uh, seventh between Fifth and Madison. That exact address doesn't exist anymore because okay. we were we moved from there uh, because we the whole series of events of you know losing our lease and. Um, it's another interesting story, but the but it gave you a launch pad. It that gave was you a our place. launch pad. That was it, yeah. and that and we had that that space which we didn't have. Our our rent wasn't much by New York rent standards, uh, to say the least. And so we were able to through that space make all the mistakes as new business owners that we could make, and we did it in a way so we could we could maintain our business. And so that I am so grateful for that space and what we were it able to create like a, there. It was almost like a playground, just like a, you could just try things, throw it against the wall, see what worked. I mean, that if was, something that didn't was work, it, it we, wasn't the whole house of cards. It was one card, you know. Exactly. What and were some of the, can you share with us maybe one of the mistakes that you're like, who would have known? I mean, food serving, having a full functioning kitchen. So you tried to have a full kitchen yeah, we in did. addition to doing the coffee. We and absolutely the did. And we were, you know, we were serving, you know, grilled cheese sandwiches and, and salads and, and, and they were great. Um, but had we had to cover the rent that would have been required of that space in, in, if we were paying market, there's no way it would have worked. Got it. There's just no way. We, we so wouldn't you have tried been able food. To do it. Food didn't yeah. work. I mean, yeah. it it worked in that it it gave us it gave us some credibility with serving a good product, right? Like our coffee was our coffee was solid, and our food at that time was great. So right. things have very much flipped yeah. since then, obviously. Um, but that was that was very much where we were, you know known in in that space. It was interesting. Um, Stumptown at the Ace Hotel opened at the same time that we did, um, around the same time that we did. And the crew from Stumptown would come over and would have grilled cheese sandwiches at our place because they would love our food. So that was like oh, fun wow. for us. Yeah. We, were, we would, you know, pick their brains and be like, hey, let's let's talk about coffee. I want to get better at this. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. We had a really good... I mean, they were... Stumptown has been awesome for us because they were like the neighbor that... You could go and you know l- literally borrow sugar from. Yeah, <laughs> and like literally, would, you're like we yeah, need more sugar. And, yeah. they, and they would like borrow cups from. I mean, it was That's we nice. had an awesome relationship with That's them. Great. Had a, an awesome, awesome relationship with them, and that goes for the for the majority of specialty coffee within the city is that we have we have great relationships with the other uh, you know business owners in, in the city. That's great. So yeah. you've grown to ten locations. Mm-hmm. Um, are they all in New York? Yes, yeah. uh, we have uh, nine in in Manhattan and one in. Long Island City, which is where our uh, roasting facility is. Okay. Yeah. And the roasting facility, is it pretty new? Uh, f- four years, I think, three four, or four years. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. hearing about when it opened. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, it's a great space. We, you know, all of our, all of our production is done there, obviously. And uh, we have a, a cupping lab 
there where we, you know, we teach classes out of there and um, all of our, our training is, is done there as, as well. That's nice. I'm sure you guys were excited to hear the news of Amazon opening over there. That should at least bring some good energy. It's, in, yeah, uh, it's, it's never, interesting. You know, maybe even some partnerships. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. It's, yeah. yeah, there's, there's a lot of, the, the, the neighborhood looks nothing like it did three years ago, which is bonkers that it's had that level of, of change uh, in such a short period of time. And it really, really has. has. Yeah, it's come uh, a long way. I, yeah. It's been about three years since I've really spent time in Long Island City. And yeah. I actually, I need to go back and just kind of walk around. Yeah, it's, it does not look the same. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's remarkable how quickly the, the neighborhood has, has changed in the course of like three years. Truly. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so you're up to 10 locations. You mm-hmm. had this very fortuitous connection with Jeremy, mm-hmm. um, went to the conference that changed your life. You're yes. now a licensed Q grader. What is that? Right. So, um, yes, so I'm a, I'm a curator. I think of a think of a sommelier for coffee. Okay, and that's effectively what it is. I'm able to uh, go around. Uh, I'm able to travel around the world and um, grade um, Arabica coffee yeah. based on the level of quality that it that it is. Um, there is again, there tends to be some kind of. Uh, a less clarity around how, how coffee is great and how coffees are, are, are scored to begin with. And they think that's a, a bit, um, that's the word I'm looking for. I can't think of it. Ambiguous isn't right. Well, let's say there, there's some, some ambiguity to, okay. to the, the grading of coffee, but, but it's, it's, pretty black and white. We were given a, um, a scoring sheet in which we are basing, you know, 10 different variables, all of which are sensory variables. And um, within that, we, we are able to compile a score for okay. the coffee. And this is regardless of, of the region of the coffee. So we're not, we wouldn't say, well, this Guatemala is cupping better than this coffee from uh, Ethiopia because they're completely different coffees, completely different regions, completely different types of coffee, right? So within, within coffees, you have their own little, um, I'll use apples as an example. Okay, so sure. you have like Macintosh, Granny Smith. So coffee, you have the same thing, right? Within, you know, Arabica, you have, you know, like Vitasachi or Katura, Katuai. So these different types of coffee and they all have their own unique um, attributes, Right. So as a Q grader, we need to know how to analyze what those are, what are uh, attributes and what are defects and being able to separate the, the, the good from the bad, so to speak. Got it. Okay. You know what I think is really cool about your story is I think if someone had tapped you on the shoulder, let's say 15 years ago and said, Hey Paul, one day you're going to be one of the leading experts in coffee in the States and yeah. maybe even around the world, you, you weren't even a coffee guy then, yeah. you know, and, and that excites me for anyone who's listening right now who might not even know that their true mission and passion, you know, I yeah. think a lot of us kind of think we're baked by the time we get to a certain age sure. where it's like, well, these are my passions and these are my talents and I will do yeah. something within this space. Yeah. And I know that food service and culinary and people was a passion of yours, but mm-hmm. I just think it's so inspiring to know that you're so passionate and knowledgeable and expert in a field now that 
you know, a handful of years ago was just a cup of coffee. Yeah, it, it's, it is. I mean, it's, it's interesting in that I, I definitely did not uh, foresee it. And the way that it, it kind of uh, transpired and, and, you know, made its way was, was, was quite unique. The, um, the getting the, the cue kind of to, to what you were speaking about before, that was uh, a really unique achievement for me. Um, there's a, the, first of all, the, the testing is you have about a year of, uh, of preparatory work that you have to do with regards to the, the actual test itself. And then the test is, it's a six day test, sensory and sensory written test. And, um, there were moments going through that process. I remember calling my, my wife and saying, I think I shouldn't work in coffee because you actually don't know how well you're doing on the test while you're taking it. And the, your, um, the questions that you can miss are next to nothing when you'll just fail. The, it's just the, over. And it's over. If you miss just yep. a small number. Okay. Yep. And so you, you know, and it's a, it's a significant wow. investment to take the test. And so it was, there was a, there was a <laughs> tremendous, I remember our CFO, uh, Jesse said to me, he said, if you, uh, you know, if you fail this, don't come back to work. I mean, he was he obviously was, kidding, but yeah. Was he kidding? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, there was a lot of stress around that. And, and when I finished that test and, and passed for me, I, I, I tend to not say expert because I just feel like there are people that are even so much better at what I do that, um, so I, I tend to not use that word, but I will say that I've. I have an understanding. I have a pretty strong understanding okay. of, of what I do. And, and though I appreciate your, your kind words, it's, it is very, very nice. But um, the, the point is, is that there are such intricacies to, to what it is that we do that I would, to, to your point, had no idea even existed, you know, 10 years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, it just it would never have, have uh, crossed my mind. So to be able to work in this space with the people that I'm able to work with, uh, I feel extraordinarily fortunate and, and, and very blessed. Yeah, you can definitely tell. So let's let's talk travel. Yeah. You've been around the world mm-hmm. on coffee farms. You know the farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a big education here for our listeners. What, what do you want people to know about coffee farming around the world, our impact... Um, our lack of impact, you yeah. know, just, I would love to hear from you because this is a space I don't know a lot about. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an awesome question, Amy. Thank you for asking. The, uh, I feel, again, I feel extremely fortunate to be able to travel and do this. And, you know, I've been able to, to travel with some, some amazing people uh, from, you know, Central, South America to um, East Africa a couple times and, and seeing many different things, you know, along the way. What has, what has been kind of the, the thing that stands out most to me is that when I when I first started traveling to Origin, I believed that I was going to be able to be so impactful to at Origin. Like I was going to be able to do this and have this impact at Origin. Work, you know, Birch is going to be like the, you know, the the flag bearer of whatever. And um, what I've been able to very humbly learn is that um, I get to participate with some incredible individuals, you know, agronomists and, and farmers and people that have a, uh, an understanding of, of their trade in the way that I understand this side of our business and to be able to have that, that shared experience. And this goes across, you know, every, I mean, this has happened in every country that I visited, um, that, the the uh, the level of understanding on the ground is so immense and deep and passionate and the wanting to to serve their best product 
is, you know, that, that is the driving force behind and, and passion behind the work that they do. As passionate as we are about, you know, serving an awesome cold brew or a cortado or whatever it is, they, they will equally have that passion about how they're growing their coffees and new processing methods that they're working on, these, these ways of, of bringing their, their product to market through, through us and through our, our work. That is, it's the the collaboration of it is something that um, I you just don't know until you're able to see the pieces and how they move. Um, one thing that that did stand out to me the that was kind of uh, pretty impactful was my first time that I traveled to, to Costa Rica. This was six years ago or something, and and seeing how far the coffee has to travel on these trucks over this very just crazy terrain to ports and then be loaded onto shipping containers, put on the water, sent us, like just the hands that went in from picking to sorting to bringing to the trucks, that whole process and how that, that kind of gets to us. There, there is such a disconnect from the, from the, um, not just the green coffee buyer, but from the consumer, right? From the consumer's point of, people want to be connected to this, and there is such a chasm that separates us. And it's something that I that I have felt quite passionate about wanting to uh, figure out better messaging without it being, um, you know, look at the great work that Birch is doing, right? right? Like, look, look at how great... We, it's just, yeah. it, there is the level that I want to, to connect people uh, through their hard work and, and, and ours is, is definitely a driving force for, for what we're doing currently. That's great. Yeah, yeah I think the global impact. Um, it's like you said, I think we were talking earlier, you said we're one of the chains. Mm-hmm. We're not the chain. You know, we're no. not the entire link. No or we're a link in the chain, not yeah. the entire no, chain. That's, I think that's, that's right. how we said it. Yeah, but it's, um, you know, it's one thing to think, oh, we're going to go into this area and we're going to support their tourism and their agriculture and right. their economy, and 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 it's part of this story. But there's a much bigger story. Right. And then as the consumer, well, it's a collaborative part. It's a collaborative yeah. part of the story. That's what it is. It's yeah. not. It's not that that Birch or any you know real you know organization is able to you know carry the water. Right. It's like, what are we doing collectively to make this happen to better all of this, all of us? Right. Yeah. And, and maybe that's a, that's a bit, um, you know, uh, naive in thinking that we're having that, that kind of impact. But I think that that is, that is what's happening. That is how the, this, this collective, you know, works together. Yeah. yeah. What do you see Birch's, like, mission in the space being? Well, our, our, our actual mission is to serve our customers every need, every time, knowing every moment counts. That is, like, that is our actual mission. I like that. And it is... We 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 use that as the you know the kind of the, the rallying cry for us for the work that we're doing daily, knowing that one we're in New York City, so time is very important to people, and so we want to be respectful of every person that's coming in the door, and so knowing knowing that that when when we're you're walking in, and I'm not saying you, Amy, because you would of course never do this, but let's just say that there is a customer that that comes in. Let's say they're on their phone, right? Right. And they're they're coming in, they're placing their order on their phone. Right. So for us to know, oh, how to interact with this customer as a, you know, can I get you something? Right. right. You know, having this kind of like a, almost like a miming exercise with the customer and knowing that we're not doing this to to be um, 
in any way kind of combative with the customer. Yeah. We're, we're looking to meet the person halfway. So knowing how to do that, that's something that we train and we spend hours upon hours on with our with our crew because coffee is one part of what I what we do, but knowing how to interact with people is the most important thing that, that we do yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. I can attest to that. You know, when I first moved to New York, I lived at 14th and 7th, mm-hmm. and you have a, a shop on that corner. You sure do. That and that was shop. my regular shop. Yeah. yeah. And... I really liked it because um, the team, every time I would go in, they were just so casual, so fr- but in a good way, you know, just, yeah. hey, good morning, like not not reading from a script, yeah. not, you know, they'd compliment my outfit or you, you would have these um, fun little games by the register that each day it would have a different question. Yeah. Like, would you rather live in the mountains or the, you know, ocean? Yeah. And um, so if I ever went in with a friend, we would use that as a conversation yeah. starter. I, but I remember that, you yeah. know, and I... I I think what you said, remembering every moment matters, yeah. is really cool too. I think um, when I think of coffee, I truly think of coming together in community and conversation. Yeah. Um, and not just at a coffee shop at home or anywhere, but there's something about coffee that really does bring people together. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, it's just a natural to either meet over coffee, grab a coffee, yeah. you know, um, and it's so ritualistic for so many people. It is. And, and you know, what we get to do now is, you know, serve a, serve something that is far superior to maybe what we got when we were younger, yeah. right? Like we were able to, to serve this incredible, incredible product that we're sourcing from these, you know, wonderful individuals yeah. and being able to, to have a connection to all of them through this, this one, this one product. That is really cool. Yeah. Random question for you. We're yeah. seeing it so much now with, um, the keto diets and everything, mm-hmm. bulletproof coffee. Do mm-hmm. you guys serve it? No. Okay. No. What do you think about it? I think that there is a there's a lot of marketing around a lot of different coffee products, and I think that that's interesting and fun and, and creates conversation, and I think conversation is good. I think that there is also science, yeah. and that uh, science should be adhered to and listened to when it comes to, to certain things. Um, I, 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 tend to not, I tend to not jump on um, fads. Yeah. Um, what we know is that when we, when we started surfing cold brew so we when we first opened we, we served cold brew and jeremy will jeremy will say this that you know he wanted to serve uh just you know take coffee that was hot and then just serve it over ice or you know whatever older coffees or is you know, and cold brew was kind of just coming into its own and i said well let's let's try this and he's like this isn't gonna work and i said well i think it might and it very much did and it is that was Bad like it, well, I, at the at the time. I right? remember right when iced coffee. It was it wasn't even called cold brew uh-huh. when iced coffee became a thing, and I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, uh-huh. so not exactly the most progressive area at the time. And I went into a coffee shop and I ordered an iced coffee, and uh-huh. they looked at me like I had just like walked into a bar and ordered like a piping hot beer. You know, it was like <laughs> but that's not how it's served. And, right. And um, they didn't serve at the time. They didn't serve iced coffee, and right. you know, soon enough they did. But um, but that's really yeah. So when it, when and it, it came felt to, like a fad at the time, right? Exactly. Right. And that was and that was the thing. And so that uh, that will be like we'll say that was the one fad that we kind of okay. dove into. But when it came to to anything else, you know, the the things that sell for us are espresso based drinks. And filtered coffee, like drip, drip coffee, and and cold brew, like those are our focuses. Um, outside of that, it's 
you know, it's, it's less important to, to us because we know just through the years that we've been doing this, what works, yeah. what has worked before then. Um, and we know in, in New York City that, you know, with 7 million coffee drinkers, 6.5 million, something like that, coffee drinkers, um, that the, what, what the consumer is looking for most is something quick and that tastes great. So we focus on, on that. That's good. Yeah. Where's your next trip taking you to? And when you travel, do you make a point to try the local coffee? Uh, absolutely. I, I always I always try the, 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 the coffee that's local. I mean, part of the, the, the great thing about being able to do some of what I do is that I get to taste coffees that most people don't get to taste, which is really incredible. So I get to taste some extraordinarily exp- – think of if, if you're a – like a – a high-end whiskey drinker okay. and being able to go to wherever that, that whiskey is distilled and being able to drink their absolute best that they serve. That's really cool. Yeah. At any time. That's what I, I get to do. That's fun. It's really fun. Um, it's a, it's definitely a perk of, right. pardon the pun, of what I get to, to do. Um, the, the next place I'll be traveling to will be, uh, Guatemala cause they'll have their, their harvesters is coming up. Um, I'll be going to see our, our friends at, uh, El Tempisque. Uh, from uh, San Miguel Coffees, we'll be going to, to see them. And you know, it's interesting. I was having a I was having a conversation. They were visiting us uh, a few weeks ago. And Adrian, uh, one of the um, kind of the principals at, at San Miguel Coffee, was talking to us. And you know, we were talking about just you know they were talking about marketing and how you know branding and how you know we do social and things like that. And and what was interesting was that you know the impact that part of the impact that we have is through advertising their coffees and so they're wanting to see us doing more like that which I always thought was I thought that was interesting yeah because I was I was always just a, a bit shy to you know shout out at the the people that were you know producing and, and he very much said shout out please like you know make as much noise as you can for us we, we really would love for people to be you know kind of championing what, what we're doing down here I said well this is what we'll do that's great so uh, yeah it was, it was really it was a fun conversation but that'll be the next place that I go to like usually the the winter months are a bit a bit slower I would I would go to um, like last year around this time I was in Ethiopia uh, I won't be making that trip this year it's a it's a it's a it's quite a haul yeah. to to Ethiopia so I won't be making that trip uh, this year I'll be going next year but uh, then I'll do um, Guatemala and then um, Colombia and um, Brazil will be following that. Got it. So, and what can we expect to see from Birch Coffee in the next, I don't know, two years? More locations? Definitely. Uh, we have uh, we have one there. We're going to be opening in. I don't know if I can say this. I'm going to I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Okay, just say it. I'm, I'm going it's to. Okay. Here we go. It's um, just between you and me. No, it, one, it, no, no one else. One's listen, no one's, no one's listening. listening. It's just, it's just us. us. Yeah, thank goodness. So uh, we're going to be opening one in uh, on 110. Okay. And and fifth, I believe, fifth in the park. Oh, yeah, yeah. nice. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be opening opening up there. Uh, mid, let's just say early spring. Okay. We'll say, we'll say sure. like March. Uh, we'll be opening that store. Um, anything else, there's not, you know, there's no real, okay. uh, there's things that are in the works, but nothing that's, you know, still should, be, with, should be, should be Still sticking yet. with New York for now. 
one hundred percent. Okay. Like, like there's, we did we did explore looking at some other markets in the last couple of years, and for us, New York is home, and New York is where we know we can we can make the most impact. So we're not planning That's on great. doing anything outside of here for for quite some time. Well, New York is happy to have you. So Amy, thank you, and I'm happy sweet. to have you, Paul. And thanks so much for coming in and talking to us. I think we've all learned a lot. And to our um, priority status listeners, if you. Uh, are living in New York or visiting, if you have not been to a Birch Coffee yet, I can tell you as someone who's gone for years, it's so good. Um, but Paul, also, I just think that the passion and the the authenticity behind the brand just shines through. So we're really happy to have you here today. And thank you for everything you're doing Thanks, globally Amy. in the industry, but also, of course, right here in our own backyard. Thanks, Amy. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time. All right, everyone, and uh, thank you for listening, and until next time, travel elevated.